This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. All right, welcome again to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. My name is Mark Vance. I'm the lead pastor of Cornerstone Church. I am joined today by special special guest, Solomon Rexius, Salt Company Director and We are off to a roaring start for Salt Company this fall. So before we dive into kind of topic at hand, Solomon, give us just a quick, like, what is it like in this COVID fall with Salt Company? Uh, What's AIM Salt like and what what are you seeing God do? Yeah, it's it's different this year, but in some ways we're trying to capitalize on the differences. And so, for example, um, last week we had our annual salt company kickoff, always the first Thursday of the first week of school, and it's always outside. But instead of being over on campus this year, we actually did it in our parking lot, and we had you know chairs all spread out six feet. We had uh, masks offered and required, and hand sanitizer, all, all that stuff, you know, try to make it a really safe event. And we had a pretty great turnout. I mean, it wasn't the same as last year, but we had almost 1,700 people show up. And so we're wow. really excited. It's a great start. Wow. Uh, almost 1,000 who signed up to be in a connection group, you know, and plus you add to that another 300 connection group leaders. So there's there's a lot of interest, you know, people still want to um, stay involved with, with what Salt Company's doing. Wow. Man, I just, uh, I wanted to kick off the podcast with that just again to encourage people. It may be an unusual fall, but it's not a place where God's absent. He's working and we're seeing the gospel go forward. Hard times can make really soft hearts. And so we're going to continue to press forward with uh, concern for safety, but also just an honest like belief that God is doing something right now. And so I've been pumped, Saul, seeing you lead in Salt Company. And even kind of that's what brings us to the subject of today. You and I have been doing just various training with our staff team here at Cornerstone about what we're hoping to see kind of the culture of Cornerstone Church be and become. And in particular, when we're talking to staff, what we talk about is a couple, really there are three, we call them like cultural DNA pieces. They are values that we want to characterize the way we live and who we are. And they're like the soil of our staff at Cornerstone Church. Culture is like a soil thing. You know, it, you plant seeds, and if the soil's good, the seeds can grow. But if you have toxic culture and tox- these values aren't present, it just inhibits everything we're trying to do. And so the three values are authentic, ambitious, family. And I thought, why don't we pull aside on the Equip podcast for one week to encourage people in these values? Because last time you were teaching this, Saul, it just struck me, I just think this is the sort of thing for every dad at Cornerstone I want, for every worker and business owner, for every mom trying to do a great job in this kind of crazy COVID time. These values aren't just staff values. They're something of what we want to aspire to and how we live for Christ. So authentic, ambitious family. What we're going to do is describe and kind of teach a little bit about each one of these and then apply it a little bit for people at Cornerstone. So so I want to tee it up for you. When we say we're aiming to, like, we want our DNA, we want the smell test to be that we are authentic here at Cornerstone. What do we mean by authentic or authenticity? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, for, 
I don't know, a decade or two, that's kind of been a little bit of a buzzword around a lot of Christian churches. And I think rightly so. It's, it's a great, it's a great word. It's, it's not super far off from simply the word integrity. Um, it's, it's who, it's, you're the same person in the dark as you are in the light, the same person in public as you are in private. Um, the things that you would say, behind someone back, you would also say it to their face. So I think authenticity is kind of a catch-all for like, it's a person of integrity. You're the same person wherever you are. Uh, One of the helpful ways that I think about authenticity is is to think through what happens on either side of it. Like if there's always on so many things, there's a ditch on either side. So what's like the ditch on the left and the ditch on the right? You know, if there's not enough authenticity, we would call that fake and you know we none of us want to be a fake be fake and we don't want to be around someone who is either you know that that's hard when you can tell that you're not getting the real authentic person in front of you 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 want to see the real person uh but then there's actually an error on the other side that's maybe less serious but still an error would be you're just totally inappropriate um one of the things wow, that we yeah. we say is like you don't have to tell everybody everything uh but but you do have to tell somebody something and that goes for whether there's a sin pattern in your life that you need help with, or or even if that's something just personal that happened to you, or it's even something positive. It's not always negative either. Um, right. You don't have to tell everybody right. everything that's going on all the time in your life. But we think part of an authentic life is you, you do have to tell somebody something. And so a lot mm-hmm. of being authentic is about what you what you say. I want to I want to highlight a piece that you just talked about there, Saul, where you said authenticity, it's not just about telling like the negative stuff in life. There's also a place where you're authentically celebrating because I do think one of the misnomers that you get in your head is that authenticity is all about just owning all of your sin, which actually as Christians, I want to believe that we're doing that. I mean, First John 1, 9 tells us if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. So I want to believe the gospel and walk in the light, not in the dark. But I do think that at times, when we think about walking in the light, we just think about airing out all of the junk of our life. And one of the things I've really appreciated, even about the way you lead in Salt Company, is authenticity is just as much celebration sometimes as it is confession. So talk a little about how you're trying to get that culture of not just authenticity of full disclosure, but authenticity of encouragement too. Right. Yeah. And it totally starts with me. I mean, on a personal level, I'm much faster to say something, say something negative behind someone's back, but then say nothing positive to them. And I would love to, wow. to, to flip that where it's like, I'll be so slow to say something negative if you're not in the room. Um, and I want to be so quick to say something positive to your face. And sometimes that even takes some courage to give an authentic encouragement to somebody. Like encouragement actually takes some courage, you know, to lift somebody Absolutely. up. Um, it's not always natural and it's not always easy. And so, and listen, I'm not saying that there's never a time to say stuff negative. Like sometimes you do have to have the front door conversation. And I think that's the other way to think about this is like, I want to be willing to say something to your face that other people are only saying behind your back. I want to be able to say it to your face. I want to develop a level of authenticity with you interpersonally where I love you enough to tell you, hey, you know, there's cream cheese on your face and let's talk about it. Um, so, yeah, I think I think authentic authentic is kind of a holistic thing, uh, positive, negative, public, private. Um, that's that's kind of how I've been thinking through this authentic value. So as we're thinking about people in Cornerstone Church, not just the staff of Cornerstone Church, but we're saying we want to be an authentic church. I've just been praying.
processing how that should manifest itself. And I think one of the ways is, is a real humility toward others. But like people who actually know who they are in the light and in the dark, I don't come at other people from a standpoint of judgment because I don't go, well, man, you're a sinner, but I'm great. And so even I, I want to embody authenticity in my parenting. So I've been thinking a lot about that. How do I be really quick to tell my kids the truth? Good and sometimes hard. Like, how can I have that authenticity? And even as a parent, how can I have the authenticity to own that I don't have to be the perfect parent all the time and I really won't be all the time? And and just to own who I really am, to be a whole person with integrity all over the life of my home. What's a way you'd apply it to somebody out there, just a cornerstone that you want to live faithfully for Christ? Yeah, I think... (laughs) You know, back in the spring, we did a series on Habakkuk, which is in our basic outline of the book and of our sermon series was uh, lament, repent, remember, rejoice. And I just want to focus on the the first, like the lamenting and the rejoicing. I think part of mm-hmm. being an authentic person, mm-hmm. um, and maybe lament is the best word for it, is yeah, like when my kids or when my friends like hurt me, like there's a time to be like, ouch, this hurts, you know, you hurt me or I hurt you, like to, to, to honestly evaluate what's in front of you. But I think, yeah, the other side of authenticity that we're, that we're, that I'm trying to learn is like, man, I want to not forget to rejoice, not forget to celebrate. Even in a season where there's a ton of stuff to lament, there's also a, a lot to, to rejoice about. And so I think on a personal level, I'm trying to wake up each morning and just like literally write out some things that I'm thankful for, starting with my salvation, starting with my wife and my kids who are healthy in the house that has air conditioning because it's 98 degrees outside. Like there's, uh, I think, I think there's, there's a level of like th- where even thankfulness can kind of bleed into this authentic value. I just, I want to be authentically look around and be like, man, I, I have some things that I should be thankful for. And that helps me rejoice in addition to the lamenting part. So we want to be authentic, neither fake nor inappropriate, but authentic. That's the goal. The second one is ambitious. And in ambition, I, I want to just start out with this qualifier. What I, I think the word ambition has almost a really negative connotation to it. Often we think of ambitious as like ruthless drive to win no matter the cost. So there you have selfish, nasty, you know, self-centered ambition. But we want to lift that word ambition up to say, Jesus is a great king, and we don't want to dishonor a great king with small dreams for him. We want to shoot to like, I could shoot to have a, uh, I mean, my marriage is fine, but instead I want to say, no, I want to have an incredible marriage, something that honors Christ and I delight in and my spouse delights in. That's the sort of ambitious ethos we're after. Not selfish ambition, but an ambition for holiness, an ambition for God. And so I love the way you've taught some of these concepts. So just rattle off some of when we talk about ambitious, how are we talking about that as a value? Well, yeah, to start with, I just want to reiterate what you said, like, Yes, ambitious has a negative value because I think when we hear it, we think me. But when I th- think ambitious in its best form, it's not I'm ambition. I'm ambitious for the mission of God on earth. And, and to that, we can be ruthlessly devoted to, you know, like that's the right Absolutely. kind of, of mission. Absolutely. It's just, it's when the ambitious for the mission turns 
ambitious for me that we often run into problems. So yeah, a couple like kind of just phrases. And I think I've heard these from other people. It's not that I made them up, but we want to be people who go for it on fourth down. And if you're a football fan, you know, like going for it on fourth down is sometimes a, a risky thing. And we're just that what that means is like, yeah, in the face of risk and in the face of barriers and prohibitions and problems that might get, it's like, we just want to, if we're going to err one side, we'd rather just err a little bit. Like, let's just go for it. Like, let's, let's see, you know, what God could do here. Um, so that, that's what we mean with that. We want to pray big things rather than praying just small things. Um, and so that's, that's going for it on fourth down. I think another kind of phrase we talk about is we'd rather have uh, and I don't know anything about horses or even if people say this to horses, oh, but I've heard. I know a ton <laughs> about horses, Saul. I am a, I'm like a horse expert, like a horse whisperer. <laughs> Not true at all. <laughs> well, then, then you can help me with this. Uh, yeah. I, I just remember hearing Tr- Troy say, you know, we'd rather have like a, a, a woe boy than a giddy up. Basically, and when it comes to our staff and how we lead them, We'd rather have to be like, okay, you're pushing it a little too hard. Like, let's slow down. Let's regather rather than the giddy up of like, come on, keep moving. And so that's just if we're going to err right. and we're all going to err some way. And we just we would rather the error around here be that we have to slow you down. Now, what we'd love is for people to be going just the right speed where they're taking time to rest and fill up. And they're also moving really fast. But everybody is going to miss one side. And so, we, so we're just saying, hey, if you're going to miss one side, like if the alignment is going to be a little off, like we'd rather you uh, miss to the side of um, us having to slow you down rather than try to speed you back up. Yeah. we. I think Tom Nesbitt used another, he said, what was he says? I, I'd rather try to slow down a stallion than whip a dead mule. And I thought, yep, that, I mean, that's a absolutely Texan way to put that. It, it's, it's a principle, even I saw you embody this this week, Solomon. We were talking in elders meeting about, okay, we had three services. It seems like we probably should add the fourth, but it might be a little, you know, what do we, and your lean in was just like, well, yeah, so we just go for it. So let's add it. And I thought, okay, yeah, that's actually the value is we would rather figure it out going forward. And I think that that lean in even honestly with a family or something, I'd rather think less about with my kids, am I going to get family devotions perfect? I'd rather try something. Like have a lean in to go for it. If you have a great idea, well, we'll try, you know, try something. Have the faith to go for it and to lean in. Any other like applications that you see on that? Yeah. Yeah. I think on a conceptual level, yeah, it's, We'd rather we would just want to be willing to fail. We we want the like the vision of what could happen, like you know, if God is in this and He helped, like what could be. We want that to be a like a bigger driver than like well, what would happen if things messed up, you know? And it's not that there's no time to think about uh, failure. There is a time to think about that, but um, we want to make sure that we're we're willing to fail. That's that's where we are. Mm. I think. yeah, I'm trying to think of like outside of like staff team. I, I just, I, I think of even like with my son, you know, like I, I just want him to be the kind of person who is, yeah, who 
Calculates, yeah, but like takes takes some risks. I mean, that just seems like that's what a little boy's supposed to do, you know, to jump off something Absolutely. that's just a little too high, you know. Um, I, I'd rather him, <laughs> I'd rather him miss that way, you know. I don't want him to break his ankle, but like I, I want him to be, you know, ambitious in his own six-year-old way. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. it, it, in a practical level, it's like there's there's some people who are like front row learners and some people who are back row, you know. And I just we want to be. People who are like, let's, let's just go to the front row. Let's take as much as we can from this situation and learn all we can and be ambitious. And I think I think it's important to remember, too, with this, that we have to keep remembering why we do what we do. So I just I, maybe to close this this ambitious one is to stay ambitious for the mission, not for me. I think when we, we get burnt out when our ambition is right uh, wrongly placed. You know, if if you just go in yes. for me and you forget why am I actually doing this? Why am I actually a pastor? Why am I a parent? Like why am I doing these different things? When you forget why in the big picture of mm-hmm. what you're doing, it it becomes really tiring and it leads to burnout. And so I think remembering why mm-hmm. is a big part of staying uh, ambitious in a healthy way. Yeah. I think at Colossians three there, you know, where it says we're to work heartily as unto the Lord. It doesn't say work halfway, work, go all in, 100% effort. Why? Because it's unto the Lord. Live all your life ambitious for the kingdom of God, from the small acts of faithfulness to the big dreams that you have. And I'll do all of that, I think, in this last value. We have authentic, ambitious, and then family. And the last value of family has to do with not just me, but we, like how we behave in community one of our biggest principles we want as a staff team or as an elder team, as connection group leaders at Cornerstone, is that we're part of something bigger than just us. It's not just even a personal ambition. It's a corporate thing. It's a we thing together. So family is this value. Unpack this a little bit for us all. Yeah, I think, yeah, because we want the family value to like, like, to literally be lived out in your actual family, but also in, yeah, in your connection group, on your staff team, in your workplace, wherever it might be. And so I think through like, what do healthy families do and say? So here's a few things that a healthy family says. A healthy family says, thank you. I'm sorry. I forgive you. I trust you. I could probably give more, but those kinds of phrases, like I want to be a person who says those and I want to be in a place where those phrases are pretty regular. Like, I don't know. You know, phrases like that are actually really helpful for a healthy family, yes. connection group, yes. organization, workplace. Um, and just to dive into that last one, I, the I trust you one, um, the way that we talk about that is, and I learned this again from somebody else, not sure who I'm stealing it from, but basically trust is given, mistrust is earned. I I want to start with trust. I, I think it creates a toxic culture and a toxic family if everybody has to like earn their place. I think what's yes. more healthy yes. is just like, I'm going to start by assuming that you have beautiful motives. I'm going to start by assuming that even if I, if you said something that didn't quite hit me right, I'm going to give you like the best possible hearing of that. Like maybe he meant this, maybe she meant to actually say this. And so I think starting with trust is one of the biggest mindsets that is helpful for being in an environment that actually feels like family. Um, Family, so that's a few things that families say. Thank you. I'm sorry. I forgive you. I trust you. Healthy families also do certain things. They have fun together. They celebrate milestones, you know, 
birthdays, paying off a house, whatever. Yep. It's like you celebrate milestones. Yep. You make you make memories together. You take you take photos. You address conflict when it happens. Like so, there's things that healthy families say, and there's things that healthy families do. And yes, we want to do those things in our literal family. We also want to do those things in the other places of community that we have. And so. That's, those are some of the ways I think about cultivating uh, an environment of family is just, yeah, what, what do healthy families do and say? And then I just want to do that everywhere. Mm. It's interesting. We use this value of family in a workplace environment at Cornerstone. And I do think we've, we've had to wrestle through the tension of, okay, does that mean that I mean, you don't really fire a family member. Like, does that mix up the relationship? But I think what we've found is a healthy family does have an ordered structure. You know, like a healthy family has a dad and a mom who are leading clearly in the family and kids who honor and respect that and where there's mutual love and trust. And so even from an employer-employee perspective, without getting weird about it, I'm unafraid to say to people at Cornerstone, I love you. I'm here for your good because I actually think that's foundational to being a good leader is that they hear that even if I bring a word of correction, I'm doing it out of a motivation of love. I want your best and so I'm behaving in the way that would get your best. Love is not avoiding a conflict sometimes. Love is walking into it with the best motive possible. And I just think of that kind of Families can still have structures of authority and all that. And actually, good families do have that. Healthy families do. And so we want to embody that. And so I think of Saul out there, and maybe it's a boss in a workplace. Don't hesitate to, to like actually affirm and express, I care about you. I want what's best for you. Let that motivational center be present in the way you lead people. I think that's what being a leader is. Yeah, and I... I think one of the ways like practically I think about this, like when I'm facing a, a challenging situation with somebody um, at work or, you know, even just a friendship, I, I think in terms of, and it kind of depends on their age compared to my age, but like if they were my son or daughter, how would I approach this? Or if they were my brother or sister, how would I approach this? I think sometimes that lens of family gives a lot of clarity for what you're saying, Mark. Like, what is actually the most loving thing to do here? Because I think a lot of us have a good lens of like, <clears throat> what, you know, what what a healthy family could be. And so I think, I think saying, what would I do if this was my brother or sister? How would I talk if this was my mother or father or if this was my son or daughter? So I think that's one practical way that this, this uh, value, you know, kind of gets into the different parts of my life too. Mm. I, I think of Romans 12, where it, Paul tells the church at Rome, he says, you guys, you need to outdo one another in showing honor. You need to go over and above the expression of kindness. And I think that families do a lot of that when you see the healthy ones at work. And so I'm going to step back, summarize us, kind of land the plane today. Again, three cultural characteristics, the sort of soil that I am praying we see, not just in the staff at Cornerstone, but in the members of our church bodies, that we would be authentic that we're the same person everywhere, that we'd be ambitious, not just ambitious for me, but ambitious for the mission of God. And that as a family, we would be the sort of people who don't just journey this life alone and isolated, but we lean into and we celebrate taking the journey with others. Authentic, ambitious family. The three values, I really do pray, are part of our staff culture. I think Solomon, you've embodied those incredibly well. And I want them to be part of our church culture too. And so. 
for all of you listening in today. Saul, thanks for joining us. Thanks for your leadership in Salt Company and your leadership in my life. And I hope for everybody listening today, authentic, ambitious family more and more characterizes who you are and the way that you live in the world. God bless you guys as you're living that way this week. 